Dr. Anthony Badu, renowned leadership coach, two-time author. What's your revolution, dear brother? My revolution, uh, Dr. Corporal, man, is, is really to help others to find their purpose, to find their revolution, and to be the best leaders in it. Um, it's one thing to know about your revolution, know about your purpose, your calling, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's another thing entirely to actually walk it out, to live it out, to, you know, to breathe it, to, to think about it, to make it come to reality. So that's what I do, man. And that's what my, rev my revolution is, is helping others to walk in their revolution. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, revolution? Welcome to the What's the Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. What's good, revolutionaries? <laughs> I hope all is well. And I'm, I'm, go, I'm gonna go down for a minute, you know, and I need to give a shout out to my, my beloved New Orleans and my folks down there, to the good brothers of Omega Sci-Fi, my Kellogg family, uh, my family down there that took care of me for 15 years. My heart, uh, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to your people, to our communities, to everyone there that our beloved but tortured city is now again under siege by a hurricane that 16 years to the date, you know, to Hurricane Katrina devastated our beloved city. And so I send, I send everything to you. I send everything to you and know that we at What's Your Revolution are thinking about you and want to make sure that we have the ability to support you. And so I know there are a number of organizations that are helping our new millennials do work, uh, the Mutual Aid Society down there. There are a number of organizations I would ask that you Google uh, to see what's going on. Greater New Orleans Foundation, Son of a Saint, Silverback Society, all those wonderful organizations that are supporting families and students and kids, all of them. Uh, make sure that you look and find ways to support and send cash. We at Camelback Ventures, who are based in New Orleans as well, are thinking about you. And we're thinking about our founders who we support so vehemently in New Orleans. We love you and I want you to know that we are there for you and we are developing strategies to make sure that we can assist you. But please know that at What's Your Revolution, New Orleans is in our hearts. It is in my blood. I am a New Orleanian transplant, you know, and so I consider myself a New Orleanian. I love my city, my beloved city, and I send just so much love to you all and i hope that the recovery is quick and speedy that we can get back to being the place that everyone loves to come to that we can revel and party and love to show the world what community looks like because that's what new orleans it is it is a place of community where the people on the streets and the people in the mayor's office can dance together and love together and sing together and party together and mardi gras together and jazz fest together and all things together so we look forward to supporting and getting back to you I love doing this show and I love the people that I get to interview. And it is not often that, you know, I, I get to see uh, this brother in person, but fortunately I've been able to interview him now. This is the third time. I, if you can see him uh, and those who will be listening on the podcast, please Google Dr. Anthony Purdue, right? And I could go into all of the accolades, all of the things, but I want you to go and do your homework. He's a good friend. We've been friends for 30, 
30 plus years. He is 10, 10 years, 10, 12, 30, 30 years older than me, but somehow the cryotherapy that he's been using is working, is working, <laughs> is working well. Dear brother, uh, two-time author, purpose and power, power in your purpose. He's going to, excuse me, he's going to talk about a second book. We're going to talk about a host of things, but good brother, my friend, my dear friend, and my frat brother, Dr. Anthony Perdue, welcome back to the What's the Revolution show. How are you? How are you? Uh, I am great. And, and uh, Dr. Uh, Corporu, thank you for having me once again, my brother. I really appreciate it. I'm doing very well. Uh, I just published my second book, man. And uh, my, you know, husband and father and, and, you know, got a, kids in football and gymnastics and, and, uh, and acting, you know, so just having a, having a ball, man, and just living life to the fullest. Um, and excited for you and your new show, man, and, and, and different things that you're doing. And also just wanted to say, I also send my, uh, you know, my heart goes out to those in New Orleans and I wish the city uh, a speedy uh, um, recovery um, back to, to how things were and even better. And I, and I know that's going to happen. So thank you for having me on the show, brother. No, no worries. There's tremendous leadership down in New Orleans. You know, it was interesting and we'll get we'll get a chance to talk about leadership here today, but you know, my leadership chops were really honed and groomed down in New Orleans, uh, being a part of the Kellogg Leadership Fellowship and the family and the, the ability of a, a foundation, one of the largest foundations in the country to actually say that we're going to support leaders of color uh, and, and leaders across the city to see how we can how we could fulfill and proliferate a community of people who want to bring equitable outcomes to a city that had been ravaged post Katrina and wanting to make sure that laws and policies and different things were had the ability to ensure that every New Orleanian had the ability to thrive. It is a torture, I say it's a tortured city, but people love the city because you know that you could walk down the street and say hello to your folks, say hello to the community is so big. I talked to our CEO at Camelback Ventures yesterday as we were trying to put together some strategies for our founders, uh, Dr. Badu, and we just talked about how he was, even though he is, uh, you know, in Texas, he was talking about, I need to check in on my elderly community members. I need to make sure that they're okay. That community is so big, right? Because he was saying they went and checked in on our house. I want to make sure that our people who don't have the means to leave, because think about this, Doc, mm. a catastrophic event like this, and we have privilege. There are some of us that have privilege, that have the ability to gas up our cars and the ability to then travel somewhere else. But the statistics were so interesting during Hurricane Katrina that a large swath of the New Orleans population had never left the city. And when I say that, they had never gone across the bridge to the West Bank, right, which is a 10 minute drive from the city. And so knowing that many of our New Orleans people did, may not have the means to travel, sat at home and and rode out Hurricane Ida and now are living in conditions that are treacherous because there's no AC, there's no, there's no running water. There's the, the, the trauma that goes along with that. And so there's tremendous leadership and we send that, but I, I, I know that when I looked at that storm, I remember the PTSD that goes along with just seeing the images of a storm in the Gulf. And if you live through Hurricane Katrina, if you live through Hur Hurricane Gustav, if you live through Hurricane Ivan, those sheer images of seeing that hurricane in the Gulf brings up so much for our city. And so, but there, as I said, to start this diatribe, Dr. Perdue, there's tremendous leadership in New Orleans. And so shout out to 
the DA, Jason Williams, who's a good friend, Mayor Cantrell, uh, Tyrone, my brother Tyrone, who actually started all of this, will be on the show in a couple of weeks. We're just, just sending our love to you. But Doc, you know, as I said, I'm happy to have you on my show with me to talk about leadership and all things. But I would re remiss if I didn't go back and ask you my favorite question, <laughs> my favorite question. Right. I need to just have it up. You know, Dr. Anthony Badu, renowned leadership coach, two time author. Two time author, purpose in power. What's your revolution, dear brother? <laughs> My revolution, uh, Dr. Corporal Man, is, is, is really to help others to find their purpose, to find their revolution and to be the best leaders in it. Um, it's one thing to know about your revolution, know about your purpose, your calling, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's another thing entirely to actually walk it out, to live it out, to, you know, to breathe it, to, to think about it, to make it come to reality. So that's what I do, man. And that's what my rev my revolution is, is helping others to walk in their revolution. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, Seiko, you heard that, right? Right. You make sure you get that <laughs> to walk in their revolution. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I will take that, dear brother. So, all right. So, but I. I I say that walking in your revolution, because that means you got to you, you have to have been able to answer that question to really understand what it is so you can walk in it. I want to dive in right there, brother, because, you know, I, this morning I, I have horrible habits. Right. And, and one of my revolutions is to is to get off Instagram and Facebook first thing in the morning. Right. Because as my man, as I know, right. Horrible. Habit. As my man, Sean Dove said in the last episode, like comparison is a calling killer. Right. If we think about it, comparison is a revolution killer. It is a purpose killer. And so horrible habits. Right. I get up in the morning. I'll pray. I'll meditate. And, you know, let me let me scroll through. Let me scroll through IG for a minute. Horrible habit. But I knew I was going to be talking to you today. Right. And mm -hmm. what IG and Facebook allows us to see. Right. Or right. And I'll say maybe it's not our reality, but. I would feel like there are a number of people that I follow that are walking in their purpose, right? They've turned their passion into something, right? And it has become something for them, right? Worthwhile, lucrative. I would think that they're walking in their, their revolution. But you talked about that, right? Giving people the strategies. I wanna, I wanna pull back for one second and say, there are a lot of people who say, you know what? I know what my revolution is. I know what my passion is. But what's stopping them? What's that wall or barrier that stops people from moving into their revolution or moving into their purpose? Yes. Yeah, so I love I love the comparison is a calling killer uh, quote, man. Uh, look, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all these all these jokers, they studied the gambling industry. So it's, it's, it, there's a reason why you wake up in the morning and you got to reach for these things because it is intentional. So you are actually following their purpose, you know, other people's purpose, OPP. Right. So that's what's going on. <laughs> we we got to be so we got to be clear about, you know, how the society, the capitalistic kind of perspective in the, in the world we live in is vying for our attention and time because that equals money for, for them. Right. So give yourself. So in other words, give yourself some slack, cut yourself some slack for, for checking those things because it's, it's really uh, based upon how to get your brain and your dopamine and things firing off. Like, like, uh, like a crack addict. I mean, literally. Right. Yeah. That's so, what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. So, so that's the first thing. Um, I think the, 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 where that kind of translates into, you know, calling and I just kind of just, you know, a, a challenge of walking in your calling and finding your true calling is that that contributes to, to looking at the world or looking at yourself from the outside in. So what that says is because of comparison, now you might think that your calling is, I want to be like this person and, mm-hmm. and, and, and keep up with the image that they that they've created. Right. And, and usually it's an image because we put that top 5% of what, of what we're doing great out on social media, not the yeah, 95% right. of life. Right. So, um, so I would just say, be careful of the, of the challenges of finding your calling first and foremost, by, by making sure you understand why and uh, why, why are we, you know, involved in looking at these social media platforms so much. And then also being careful of that comparison that that's not where our calling really is. Our calling is truly inside of us, right? right exactly. So we, you know, we could talk more about that, but I wanted to just kind of lay those two things out to make sure that, you know, we, we cut ourselves some slack because it's intentional. It's OPP, other people's purpose. That's uh, that's, that sometimes we're following in the morning. Right. Right. No, I, I, I love that. I, I love it. Take it back to nineties uh, in the sweat box, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> at, at, at JMU. But let me ask this again, like thinking about that. Yes. That, that comparison, mm-hmm. but say I'm sitting at home, I'm listening, I'm listening right to Dr. Corper and Dr. Purdue, right. Chucky mm-hmm. and Ant, right. <laughs> I, I had to get it out of the way before you call me that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, Chucky 16, by the way, yeah, Chucky 16. Exactly. Don't let Chris Powell hear it. Um, <laughs> you know, but there are barriers. There's somebody sitting here listening and say, you know what? I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know how to move into my purpose. Right. Mm. Right. That, that barrier, that, 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 that barrier that I'm not good enough. Let me, let's put it there. I'm not good enough. Or I'm looking at, well, I can't do that. Right. I can't, I can't turn this $50,000 salary into a $300,000 salary. I can't figure out how to, I, I, I wasn't school like this. I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't go to Duke. I didn't go to Tulane. Like these two people here, I'm not that person. How do you get out of the way of that thinking that I can't, I can't really, for, I can't proliferate my purpose. Um, well, first of all, I think everyone uh, should understand how special they are just to be alive, just the, the, the breadth. And it's mind boggling. If you ever look at how big the universe is, the time that, you know, 4.5 billion years of, of, of our galaxy. And, and, you know, so just to be alive, to have made it, not not just you know um, um, in the in, in from a universal perspective, but in our lives, the gratitude that we have for just getting to where we are, having gone through so much. So first of all, just realize that you're special, and and you know Dr. King talked about you know having a blueprint for life, and the first thing he said is having this 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 kind of context of somebodyness. I am somebody. Your back is straight. So believe that you are special. First of all, I would say second of all. Put some substance behind that by becoming more self-aware. And I would say specifically around your, your life story. And I talk about this in my, in my book and I'll just kind of put it there up here. Pur- purpose to power, your, 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 your journey to a life of meaning, fulfillment and impact. Um, but I talk about it in, in my book. You really want to know your story. You know, what makes you you that translates into your values so what do you really value? What is your value? What are your strengths? And so once you get a better sense of self and, you know, uh, what you're good at, that helps to start building that self-regard, that, 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 that emotional intelligence word or phrase that, that tells you that you are somebody, that you are strong and you have value to the world. And here's the trick. The values you have 
are your value to the world. You might not see the end of the road. They might not, you might not see that $300,000 salary or that $300,000 $300, entrepreneur uh, uh, ship, you know, opportunity up front. But the more you walk in your strengths and your values, your character strengths, you will get there because that's providing value to the world. So just as an inception, as a place to start, that self-awareness really, um, you know, building that self-regard through the understanding of your strengths, knowing yourself, your values, your story would be a really good place to start. Man, that's a wonderful thing. You know, we think about entrepreneurship and, and, and being able to tell the story, right? Tell about what you're, what you're creating and the value behind what you're creating and how that can, how that can change someone's life. Right. That story. And if you go back, I, I won't have Dr. Purdue talk about his story, his story of his lineage and how he came up. Please listen to uh, his episode last year when he brought out Purpose to Power. Um, I know I'm going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to mess up this title time and time again. All these P's, right? <laughs> you know, 12 P's, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Um, and. But but thinking about that and how to tell your story to encapsulate people, why do people want to follow you, right? What did you say your value, what you value is your value to the world, right? And thinking about that, right? And so if, if, you, if you value societal impact, right? If you value community, how do you proliferate that, right? How do you bring people together? And, and it's interesting because one of the biggest values for me as I, as I age is this power of community. Mm. And at one point in time, I was like, well, you know, I'm not getting a whole lot of invites, right? I'm not, I'm not getting a whole lot of invites. And I started asking myself like, well, if I want community, the, the motivating thing is that I need to be able to create community. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to say, what are the tables that I want to create? It's not easy. It's not easy. And sometimes it, it can be time consuming. But thinking about this, if you're, you're thinking about your purpose and, and, and part of that is how do I bring communities together to have conversation, to coalesce, to convene, to to just meet and, and laugh and provide fodder for each other to thrive, then Sometimes we are going to have to create the tables and communities that we want to sit at. And I think about last weekend, I went to a, a, a fundraiser. I've been I've been working out of a, a building here called Gathers, a, a work, co-working space. I met some amazing people here. And there's a man named Luis Costa who, you know, entrepreneur, built an, uh, an AI consulting tech firm that's almost 30 years old. But one thing that Lewis is really, really good at is, is he's affable. He brings people together. And he had been talking about this fundraiser time and time again. And I want my people to come, right? I want you to come and support me. It's a great cause. And he was like, Charles, I really want you to come. He's like, I actually, I'm going to fight you if you don't come. I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> and, but to see the number of people from gather, go out and commune with him and commune with his cause. Hmm. Right. And, and to think about this, something that is greater and bigger than him. That's what we have to do. We have to be able to create tables and invite people in. If you're not being invited, maybe you're being self-aware and maybe it's not the table. Maybe that's not your people. That's what you also have to understand as well. Mm -hmm. But thinking about this, creating those tables that you want to sit at, because I think that has the ability to help you thrive and thinking about, as you said, your value is your value to do what you value. Think about what those communities can do. And the last thing I'll say is I've joined a number of cycling communities. We talked about yesterday, 
kings and queens ride together, right? We have a, a, a local cycling group. And to think about a small community of bikers that come together, cyclists that come together every weekend to motivate, to ride, to do amazing things together. And then think about how do we support a greater cause? Not only am I getting fitter, but I get, I get a community of people who ride together and shout out to my good 757 biking bros who we also do that as well. But it's just community is so big and figuring out what that value is and how you can actually uplift your community to make sure that everyone actually has the ability to thrive. So I'll get off my diatribe here for a second. Um, but in thinking about moving past those barriers and is what does it look like? Right. When you're sitting there and I'm listening to Dr. Purdue talk about this. But how do I ask for help for this? Right. I'm a black man. You know, we kind of proud. You know, we kind of proud. We got we got that John Henryism on our shoulders. Right? I can do this. But then you're sitting back and we're like week after week, month after month. I'm sitting here. I need to ask for help. How do I do that? So. I think in order to do that, I think you want to go back a step because you, you you said a lot of good stuff, right, man. But but I want to I want to kind of go back to answer your question about help because you gotta ask for help to from a place from a place of, in my opinion, a place of vision, right? So self awareness and those values that are part of that self awareness informs your revolution or informs your purpose, your why, your cause, right? You 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 went down a list of th- reasons why you love community, right? What, what that, what that looks like you described it. So ultimately what your what that revolution, like that community building, you have descriptions of it, that purpose becomes a purpose or a revolution in pictures, a purpose in pictures, or, you know, a, a vision, right? You know, the good book says, you know, without vision, people throw off restraint, right? So you got to have that vision of where you are going. And, and once you have that, that, that purpose, that revolution and a vision, that's when you ask for help to have it come to fruition. Right. And, and, you know, Dr. Bobby Manning said, you know, there's these three M's that are important for men, right? Who's your master? What's your mission? And what, and who's your mate? In other words, how are you leveraging whoever, whether it's a friend, whether it's a community, whether it's your wife or, or husband, how are you, how are they helping to, to, to you, to, for you to, uh, you know, achieve your mission. And so that's really what's important, man, is you've got to find that, that vision first and the creative tension between the vision of where you're going and where you are now, that's where that creativity and that, and that, and that tension comes, but it's positive because now you know where you're going. So I, I implore not to just know your revolution, not to just know your purpose, but to know your purpose and pictures, your vision, so that you can ask for help to your point uh, on how to get there. And if, and by the way, if your vision is, 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 it can be attained alone, it is too small. It is, it is, oh, it's too oh, small. Oh, oh. I can't curse. <laughs> I can't. Oh, wow. Wow. This is why I love this man. Cause you know, I, I, I go back and I'm, I'm that's going to hit me again when I listen to this at the gym next week. Right. That, just say it one more time, right? Just, just say that last part one more time. If if you can attain your vision alone, it is too small. We all need help. You know, if you want to, if you want to impact the planet, and that's why I got the the planet on on here. If you want to, you know, uh, empower uh, yourself and others and have an impact on the planet, you've got to have a massive vision. You've got to make change, and the world needs that more. Now, man, then I, you know, than ever really. Right. So, um, 
Yeah. We need help. We need to be able to ask for help. And if you're doing this alone, I need to reiterate that your revolution is too small. Your purpose is too small. And I, I just want to say this, right? Think about your purpose in pictures. And as you said that, as you said that, Dr. Purdue, right? Right. I, I began to think about Oprah and her vision boards, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're thinking about this, right? How do you envision your life, right? And, and how do you envision your revolution? Can you, can you paint a picture of what that looks like? Mm. You know, and I, I wish that, I, I wish that seven years ago when the What's Your Revolution started, I, I had this picture. I didn't, right? But now being able to see models and different things, I, I can see the vision of this. I, I can see the vision of what the global what's your revolution brand looks like and how that ability to impact others that look like us and, and, and everyone that listens to this show. Right. Because interestingly enough, and I started this show for us. Right. Dope black men doing dope black stuff and stuff is usually another word that I say. But <laughs> <laughs> right. For us, because there was something that I was missing and that I, and, and nobody else was really doing that right now. But so many people listen to the show who don't look like us, mm. who don't look like us. And they say, I never knew that you all had experiences like this. Right. I never knew that there were people out there that actually talked like this. Right. That opened up like this, that were vulnerable like this, like, wow, I'm listening to you and I'm learning about the experiences of black men who are doing great things in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now this vision becomes even greater because we listen to the show because we get these strategies and tips about how to find our revolution, how to walk into our revolution. But other people say, you know what, I want to join that revolution with Mm -hmm. you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I've got the empathy and I've done the, I've done the work I want to hear, right. Because it allows me to be a better community member. It allows me to be more empathetic. It allows me to go out and be an ally, all those things. And so I'm, I'm definitely grateful for that. The last thing you say, and then we'll definitely move on Dr. Purdue is that asking for help is one thing, but how do you find the right help, the right mentor? to walk in your revolution, to walk in your purpose? What does that look like? Where do you go? I'm sitting here, that person listening to the show, like I got the steps, but now who do I go to, to ask? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think the, I think again, all of this starts with self-evaluation, right? Part of it is knowing your strengths. So knowing what you're good at, whether it's character strengths or strengths of competency. And the reason you want to know that is because based upon what your revolution is, what your vision is and how you're going to get there, that's how you know what help to ask for. And I, 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 I kind of am in these two camps, but mainly in the, you know, the positive psychology build upon your strengths camp first and foremost. In other words, if you know your strengths, find mentors and people that can help you grow in those strengths. And those are usually I mean, now nowadays is very um, I won't say easy, but it's, you know, it's accessible because we can search for it through social media platforms like LinkedIn, even, you know, even Facebook, friends and family, um, you know, Google, et cetera. Right. But if there's so, so, so that'd be my first thing. The second is also around your weaknesses. What are those weaknesses that might be debilitating or that you want specific help in? So like for me, when it comes to administration, <laughs> when it comes to you know, detailed project planning and things of that nature, I'm terrible. Right. So I, that's where I need help. And that's where I, you know, I, I, I um, get help with. Right. 
So that'd be the, the, the second thing. And then the third thing, man, is really whatever your, your revolution is, whatever that community that you, that you um, um, need to be a part of, that's where you go and get help. So if, you, if it's a revolution or, or purpose is your thing, then start hanging out with purpose people. If it's an emotional intelligence type of thing, then start hanging out with them. If you do, you know, if you, you know, you go to the gym, you're a personal trainer or whatever, then you, then you join communities that, that train other people, man. So uh, I know it's somewhat of a broad answer, but I think it's really uh, um, focused on understanding your strengths, your weaknesses and the communities that you need to be a part of. And then, you know, getting to it. Right. The, the, the thing is, is, is being able to ask for help. And like you said, looking at doing those assessments around what are your weaknesses and your strengths. Right. And mm-hmm. as I think about this, right. Inking this deal was like, OK. I've never produced a TV show before. All right. So <laughs> all right, what is what does that mean? Right. So now my mentor, the person, my mentor mentors are going to be those people who have actually done this. Right. Because I don't know what I don't know around this and the vision of this show five years down the road is like lester hey lester holt hey it's me it's me and you (laughs) right hey lester good morning (laughs) just put my makeup on uh you know what i'm saying i see you i see you so you know that that's the thing right and but knowing now uh, you know as a tv show right on a network what is that going to feel and look like? How do I, how do I not only be the talent, but the executive producer of this as well and all of those things. And so asking for that, knowing what my, like you said, knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are in this and saying, I can't do this alone because if I do this alone, right, this big vision, we bring it back to what you're saying, this big vision that I have, it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. It is definitely, it's definitely going to fail. But you talk about something that I, I, I really want to bring up to our revolutionaries is this concept of emotional intelligence. And everybody's kind of talking at it, right? It's, it's, it's not new, right, for you and I. It, it is not new. And everybody, it's this, it's this woo thing that people are talking about now, like emotional intelligence, right? Your EQ, right? Your emotional quotient and all of these things. But let's define it here for a second, right? What is emotional intelligence? So emotional intelligence is the way we perceive ourselves, the way we express ourselves, um, our ability to have interpersonal re- uh, relationships, our ability to make decisions and handle stress. So those five main kind of buckets, self-perception, self-expression, um, interpersonal relationships, decision making and uh, stress management is what makes up emotional intelligence how we, and how we use emotional information in all of those different areas. Right. No, thank you for the definite. I want I wanted to get that out there. So, you know, my revolutionaries are in my ear. They're like, okay, that sounds great. Right. <laughs> right. I hear you. I hear you. That that's right. That sounds great. Now, how do I put it in practice? Right. Can you yeah. give me an example of how, how to put it in practice? I've got an example, but I, w- I want to see what Dr. Purdue says. An example of emotional intelligence playing out, right? So one, let's let's play a lack of emotional intelligence out, right? Mm-hmm. And then see what it looks like when somebody's emotionally intelligent. I know this is this is like, whoo. <laughs> okay so lack of emotional intelligence would be someone like a, a a bull in a china shop we all know that dude who um goes around loud mouth you know thinking he know he he knows it all right um telling everybody what to do just very very assertive without having emotional self-awareness in other words this person is you know walking around um thinking they are the 
the stuff, as you said yeah. earlier, yeah, yeah. and 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 they're and they're devoid of understanding how you know what's driving that the trauma that may have been caused as a child or as a teenager when they were bullied that then they um, promoted themselves as bullies in order to protect themselves that then carried on into adulthood. So that would be a, an example of a lack of emotional intelligence. Right. Um, an example of having emotional intelligence is knowing oneself, knowing how you feel. Like, so for instance, uh, for me, I journal like, you know, like every morning. Right. And part of what my journal um, talks about is, you know, how are you how, how am I feeling today? What are, what, what are my emotions? What am, what what is you know, am I sad? Am I glad? Am I frustrated? You know, and what's the root cause of that? So I ask, you know, usually like why, why, why in, in, in engineering, there's a term called the five whys, right? Because you want to get to the root cause. So having a sense of your emotions and it might be where, okay, I, you know, I'm upset this morning and why, or I feel guilty. Why? Because, you know, I yelled at my child yesterday. Or I raised my voice at my child. Now let me in an interpersonal perspective, um, have more empathy for my child and then go to them and, you know, and be and express myself emotionally. Right. Which is another part of emotional intelligence and say, you know, I really feel bad about uh, raising my voice to you. So therefore, you know, I just want to apologize. You know, I wanted to, you know, daddy's not perfect. Right. And these are things that, that I go through. Um, but then being able to empathize as, 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 as they are empathize with them to understand and listen also takes emotional intelligence because now by listening, by asking questions, we are seeking first to understand as Stephen Covey would say, and therefore using their emotional information, right? What they're saying back to us to have a better understanding to now have a conversation where emo that emotional intelligence has now kind of paved the way on that highway for better communication and a better resolution of whatever conflict that was there. So that's how it goes. So, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Now you see revolutionaries, it took him one minute to talk about what it meant to be unemotionally intelligent, right? It was short and maybe it was even 45 seconds, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it didn't take long. It was a three minute diatribe when he talked about what it meant to be emotionally intelligent, right? That stuff is hard. Right. Because think about all of the steps that you talked about to be just in this one sense, this one example of being emotionally intelligent, all of the thought that goes into that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's easy, in my opinion. Right. In my opinion, based on what you just said, to be oblivious to other people's feelings. Right. To to not do the self-awareness, to not go to not see where that trigger point is, that trigger point in that trauma that uh, that is actually uh, the catalyst for your external behavior, right? That, mm -hmm. that internal that leads to the external. It's easy to it. It's easy to not even see that, right? That you just react. And the one great thing, Dr. Purdue, is that, that I've learned in my time at Camelback, right? Is this 100% responsibility. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I will take my 100% responsibility retroactively. And though it, then it becomes a learning lesson. Like what was my 100% responsibility in that? Right. How do I take responsibility for the outcome? The harder part in emotional intelligence is saying, how am I taking 100 percent responsibility before the action occurs? What is my 100 percent responsibility and what is about to happen? 
right? And, and that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. The learning lessons for many people who adopt 100% responsibility is that you, you're going to learn 100% responsibility afterwards. And hopefully that you can impart it the next time that something happens. Like, what is my 100% responsibility when I'm having this conversation? How am I thinking about my trauma when I have this conversation? Or I go out and do these things, all right? What am I responsible for in this? It is a very, very hard tactic that I, that I see for myself. But for those who have not even thought about the concept of this radical responsibility, or it is extremely, extremely hard because when you bring that forward to them, ask them, what is your responsibility in this outcome? Mm. Oftentimes it's, it's yours, not mine. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a blaming to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want my revolutionaries to understand, think about this, right? And everything you do, everyone has a hundred percent responsibility in the outcome. Everyone. And thinking through that, go to uh, conscious leadership. There's a conscious leadership.io there's a, a number of videos around uh, 100% responsibility and, and this pie chart about even, right, in an argument when you think that you may be right and the outcome was wrong, you had a responsibility in that. Even if that responsibility was for you and controlling your emotions through the process. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that, that is the interesting thing, right? And so going back to what you said, and is that it takes work to be emotionally mm -hmm. intelligent. But what we're saying here, revolutionaries, is that if you do the work, you can be a better human. And that's, that's what I think that we're asking for, right? We're asking people to be better humans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's one of those things where better being a better human is like a ripple effect because it can you can affect one person. Like I remember this um, lady I, that I would pick my kids up from school and. I, you know, she always gave me this mean look. And so, you know, I have a, I'm, I'm very optimistic, very jovial normally, but then over time she wore me down. And so I would give her a mean look back, you know, and what happened a month or two later, I found out she died of cancer. Right. So I did not know that the mean look had nothing to do with me, but it had to do with her knowing she was going to lose her life. Right. And so what that, what that taught me was no matter what, being a better human, even when others aren't being better humans, right? When others don't, uh, we aren't perceiving them to be better humans. It is on us to be, it is, it is on us to take up that responsibility. And it's all about the heart, man. My, my, one of my mentors and friends, Dr. Johnny Parker says, you know, heart work is hard work. So, so really understanding our emotions are so, is, is one of the toughest things to do, right? Is IQ, intelligence, you know, intellectual quotient um, can get you so far, but emotional intelligence um, will get you farther, right? 90% of success is based upon your emotional intelligence. But like you said, it's, it's, it's hard work. But I, was, I would implore people to start with the self-perception piece, emotional self-awareness. And to your point earlier, you can be proactive in that, that outcome, right? So in other words, by, by counseling yourself, by journaling, by saying, okay, this, this, this is my 100% responsibility. Here's what I know I need to do. Now, normally I might respond in a situation and be triggered, right? By giving somebody else a mean mug when they give me a mean mug or by, you know, blaming someone else when, when something um, fails, right? But if I have empathy and if, I, if I'm able to understand, you know, how, would they, would, you know, maybe they're having a bad day. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we're in the middle of all these different things. Have that, you know, that, that emotional preparedness, proactive uh, emotional uh, self-awareness, then we can 
um, contribute positive to, positively, right, to 100% responsibility to that outcome because we've prepared for it. We know our triggers. So, you know, so I think it's it's incumbent upon us to to do the hard work and to start with ourselves, to start with that perception, that emotional self-awareness. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I totally agree. And I need, I need to give a shout out to my, you know, like, like my person, one of, one of my people, like Amber Hamilton. And like, if anybody embodies, like anybody embodies what emotional intelligence looks like, it is Amber. And we have a, an amazing friendship and has, she has taught me a lot about what it looks like to sit in emotional intelligence. And um, we had this conversation and she was like, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to have this conversation because I've created a narrative in my mind and I wanted to make sure that the narrative was not true. Think about this, right? Think about this, that you have good friends. I think about, you know, I, I can list off my people, you know, I can list off Eli Beatty, Philip, you know, uh, Philip Granville Eccles, Amber, Sharon, um, Sess, Christina, uh, my, my people, my line brothers, you know, all, you know, thinking about this, right. And think about like the people that I gravitate to, the Corey Doolittle, uh, Jahari Hempo, the people that I gravitate to ask those questions of themselves, like, and then, and then say, you know, what am I feeling? What are my triggers? Mm-hmm. Right. And then because you and I both know that the mind is a powerful, powerful tool, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. And that the mind will create more negative thoughts than positive thoughts. And we have to, we actually have to go and actually move those negative thoughts out. And so imagine getting a phone call and saying, Hey, I've, I, I've got a narrative in my mind, mm. right. But I want to make sure that that narrative is not true. So let's have a conversation about it. To me, that, that is the essence of hundred percent responsibility, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just thinking through that. And, and, and that's how friendships grow. Mm-hmm. That That's how friendships proliferate when people say, Hey, I feel a certain kind of way and I understand that I'm responsible for my emotions. Can we talk about this, right? To make sure that this story that I'm creating is not true, or if it is true, why is it true? And so we can talk through that. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the power of relate relationships. And I know that I have not, right. I, I'm thinking about a, a current situation where I, I need to take more of 100% responsibility. I've done, I've done some of the work over the, the last seven hours, right. To say, what's my trigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Why did I respond this way? And how do I then go back and say that? Right. Because I probably, if I'm, if I'm taking hundred percent responsibility, I should have just said that. And, and part of my problem and part of my, my, one of my lack of emotional intelligence is I'm a people pleaser. I don't want people to hurt. And so by being a people pleaser, Right. I will cause this stress within myself because I'm trying to navigate a way out or in or whatever in a situation that doesn't harm anyone. Instead of saying, I need to make sure that I'm pleasing myself Mm -hmm. right, in a manner that is not hurtful to anyone. And so I've got to work through that. That's a part of my own emotional intelligence revolution is that I've got to stop people pleasing. But you know where I got that? Because I sat down and I'm like, why am I feeling this way or why did I do that? right. To try to make someone else feel better. Like you're pleasing someone else and you you're hurting yourself by doing that and, and moving out of that space and, and actually saying the things that I actually need to say, uh, long wind, long diatribe, but really around this. And thank you for really couching what emotional intelligence is. And what I'm doing, what I want is the black men who are listening to this show. I really want you to think about how you can be more emotionally intelligent because 
we impose trauma on each other that is that is not necessary. And I say that again, we impose trauma on each other that is not necessary because we have not dealt with our own trauma. I'm saying that again, because we have not dealt with our own trauma and we then transfer that trauma onto everyone else. I ask you and implore you to take a look at this walk and this journey that you need to go through to show up better for the world. And man, it goes by so fast, man. And this conversation has been uh, amazing. I just want to ask this quick question about leadership. And, and then I want you to bring that back into the new book, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The new book, because we haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about that at all, right? But what do leaders need right now, right? In this, and you know, we talked about this yesterday. This is a divided country. This is a divided world, right? And as you said, social media, the algorithms have divided us. It's very, it's very quick to see who's on the left, who's on the right. I really don't hear who's in the middle, right? Because the loudest, the loudest people are on the left and right, and I get tired of that. Mm-hmm. But what do our leaders need right now to lead in this landscape, this divided landscape? Leaders need um, an ideal or set of ideals. They need values. They need a core. I think part of the problem in our culture, in our society, in our leadership is that there's, we're, we're so, we lead by TikTok, right? There, there's so many different, you know, a daily basis, you know, do this for leadership or do that for leadership or do this for leadership or do that, right? Be a better servant leader, be a better visionary, be a better this, be a better that. But at the end of it all, character development and values in action, the most important by far, um, I think, uh, uh, part of leadership, because that's where people can trust who you are. See, so you, you have community at the heart of your value, which is why Amber could trust you with information that she would not share with anyone, and, you know, everybody, right? So, so you led in being an objective observer of of what she of her, of her scenario. So number one, I would say character, those values, and and and, and have them not be you know flighty, right? But be those ideals by which they live. And then the second thing I think is purpose. Uh, leaders need purpose. They need a why. Millennials, Gen Z, folks want to know why. Why, 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 why? They want to know why they should follow you. What is the per- what is your revolution? What is your purpose? Right? Not it was a study that said I think it was a Forbes that said. 91% of millennials would, would, would even switch products from a loyal brand if the company that they were going to had a, had a deeper purpose, that the purpose comes from the leaders, right? So I would say between character and purpose, those are the two things that are most important as a leader in today's world, especially. Right, right. And talk about the new book. Tell us about what was the impetus for, right? You know, coming off of the success of the first book, why this, why now? Man, the, the book was um, the, the, the book basically said to me, it said, said to me, people are really um, hurting right now. People need, need they're searching. They're searching for meaning. They, and I, I saw this like years ago. This is probably a decade ago, but about five years I was sitting on the beach in, in Jamaica, as a matter of fact. And that's when I started just, you know, writing the outline to the book because people need meaning. Um, people are especially right now we're all over the place, right? We're, we're, we're zooming, right? Right. Right. Whereas perhaps, you know, before we could have been in the same studio or the same, you know, same area, uh, area. So people need that meaning people need self-awareness. They need to know who they are. And most importantly, people need to find their joy, their happiness, 
And all of the major studies, um, whether it's NIH, whether it's the Warwick School of Medicine, talk about purpose as one of the major factors of positive or subjective well-being. In other words, happiness. So people need to find their joy because the world is like the Hamburglar stealing <laughs> that joy every morning while you're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so Purpose to Power will help you to find your joy, help you to find your purpose. It will help you to walk it out, to find that purpose in, in pictures, that vision. And then I give a bunch of tools on self-care and um, and really focus around your spiritual, your mental, emotional um, you know, uh, uh, aspects of, of how to really uh, execute, how to execute and walk in your purpose. And that's what Purpose of Power is about. Man, that, that's amazing, brother. Like, like you said, joy. And we're not always going to be joyful, Doc. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not. But if we can find, look, if, if I can be joyful 70% of the time and I can have those strategies, right? Mm-hmm. I think about Louis Costa and, and the smile that he had on his face when all of those people came and, and as he supported the organization that he so loves, right? Mm-hmm. That was joyful. It was joyful for the people to be around to support him, right? He was walking in his purpose. And when you do that, when you walk into your purpose and you are emotionally intelligent, right? And mm-hmm. thinking about that, walk, right? Think about that. That's hand in hand, walking in your purpose and walking in your emotional intelligence, right? Will lead to a greater walking of your revolution. Yes. We'll, 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 we'll figure that out, right? <laughs> um, and, and impact on the world. Um, yeah, and impact on the thing. world. Huh? Can I say one quick thing? Uh, yeah, just, go ahead. Um, I'm, cert- I'm a certified emotional intelligence coach. I actually administer an emotional intelligence assessment. You mentioned assessments earlier. So if, if anyone wants to know about uh, their emotional intelligence, and, and brother, you have high emotional intelligence. Don't sit there and try to act like you, you, you know, you need to work on that. But um most most men, men, people and men, especially leaders should know their emotional intelligence and, and be able to assess themselves to know where they need to grow in that in those areas. So um, just want to throw that out there. No, look, definitely. And, and make sure look, let, let, let's put this out now. How can people find you? Right. To make sure that they contact if they want to have this emotional intelligence test to work with you. How can they find you? Um, either go to LinkedIn, just, uh, Dr. LinkedIn, Dr. Anthony Purdue It's probably going to come up on the Google search page, you know. Go to my website and uh, contact me. Um, I'm a leadership Anthony, coach. AnthonyPurdue.com. AnthonyPurdue.com. Um, P-E-R-D-U-E. Not, it's like the chicken, not the cow. Yeah, like the chicken. <laughs> like the chicken. Um, and I'm a leadership coach. I'm a trainer, leadership consultant, uh, organizational development consultant, um, dealing with uh, you know uh, directors, executives, and the like, and helping to improve their leadership with a passion for purpose. So, yeah. That's thing. Anthony is, is, as I said, revolutionaries. We've been friends for a long, long time. And, and to think about Ant and Chucky 16 way back in the day at, at JMU, you know, I, I, there's a number of names, you know, ADP, Mad Max, Dean Love Sexy, all, 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 all those things, you know. Um, but let me say this before I get to our last question, right? Um, you know, I, I probably will get a little emotional. Uh, so forgive me, brother. Um, I just think about, I think back to those times at, at, at JMU. Um, and I think about where we are right now as 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 men and and, and leaders of our people, and you know uh, the the adolescence, the the uh, you know the antics that we we, we used to uh, <laughs> engage in, right? Who who would have thought, Aunt, that this would be our place in uh, this would be our place in the world, right? Um, 
maybe our ancestors saw that in us uh, then. And, you know, I, I think about our friendship and what it has meant to me over these years and to see you, right, to see you and in, uh, I don't want to sound condescending, but see your development as a person, as a father, as a husband, as a leader. Um, it is just tremendous to see where you are and the, the, the amazing things that you're doing in the world to, uh, as I say, uh, provide the light, right? Provide that light for us. Um, for many of us that came behind you in the fraternities to see that, you know, to, to see that light very early on uh, and then to see you now, it is, it, is a, it is definitely a blessing to watch you and watch, watch you, right, find your purpose and then put it out to the world. And so I'm, I'm tremendously grateful for this friendship uh, and the jokes that you got to see in the green room because, you know, this brother, this, this brother is looking like Teddy Riley, but that's just how we, that's just how we have been. As, as we close out, my dear friend, um, you are a father. And, you know, like you said the other day, I very rarely, you very rarely post on Facebook, but I got to see a picture of a proud father and, and son together. Tell me about those moments that you have as a father. What does that mean to you at this stage of your life? And what are some of the strategies that you're using to raise your son? Mm. So, um, wow. So first of all, man, thank you for the for that question because we don't get to talk about fatherhood a lot in, in the society um, and that's by design. Um, but number one, man, you know, I've been, I have, a, I have a, 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 my son and two daughters, right? So we, we, as a family, all of them, I try to find, you know, their revolution, their purpose at a young age. What, so everything I'm talking about now, I've actually been active in, I've given my kids assessments, you know, it might sound crazy, but not about, um, you know, it, again, IQ, I've given my, 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 my kids values assessments, character assessments, you know, that was the core of, of Plato's message, right? Which, of course, he got from Egypt. But but point is, character development um, is a father's responsibility to our children. So, number one, man, just just really um, knowing that he's he's a learner, um, seeing what his what his talents and gifts are were. And I do that with all my children. And so part of this as a father is, is not having to talk about everything all the time. Right. Because. And I'm a believer in God and the follower of Christ. Right. So for me, I know that I don't have to be as I don't have to be boastful. You know, humility goes a long way, I think, in, in, in working behind the scenes as a dad. But when I see my, 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 my boy score a touchdown in the first game of the season, you know, as a, in, in high school, two touchdowns, actually, you know, running one back from that to the house for, you know, interception, 80 yards, you know. That's when I said, you know what, I'm going to get I'm going to be like that crack addict and get on Facebook <laughs> and put it out there to the world because I'm so proud of him. I'm proud of my daughters as well. And so, um, yeah, just just teaching them the things that I learned about purpose and values and everything I talked about, emotional intelligence, which I think is is, is lacking in today's society as, as um, you know, as as we try to raise a generation of, of leaders. Yeah. And that's the thing. We we have to be able to do this early. You know, I, I would have loved to know more about emotional intelligence as a younger man. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and to think about how to be more empathetic. I mean, the things that I the things that I struggle with, you know, as, a, as, as I said, you know, thinking about how to be more 100 percent responsible, um, how to say. Right. 
how to use all of my words, right? And in, 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 in saying the things that I need to say and wondering like, why, why, why when I say something and then when I'm, when I'm pressed, when I'm pressed about clarifying it, I get upset. What's the trigger? What's what's the trigger around that? You know, because in my mind, I, in my mind, I'm 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 saying what I'm thinking, what I what I think I'm feeling, but there's something deeper, and understanding what those triggers are. I, you know, I, I've spent some mornings, and you know, I spent this morning thinking about why, as a younger man, I may not have done that, and may not have said. Let me let me sit down and think about my actions from the previous night or from the previous day or from the previous month mm-hmm. and let me get better. Let me sit in this revolution for a little while and because revolutionaries, that's what it is. It's, it, it is not saying I can answer this question and then I, it's over. You're going to have to sit in it. Mm. You won't have to sit in it and really be uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. or to really work. That answer is just the first step. It is the first step, right? It's the first step of your purpose and your power and finding a better version of yourself. And there will be revolutions. Hmm. There will be revolutions. That's how you grow. So dear brother, I am grateful for this time with you. Purpose and power. Please go out and get that book, Dr. Anthony Perdue. You can purchase it on his website. Is it is on Amazon? Where where can people get the book? It's at all major retailers. Amazon, just to just search for Purpose to Power. Yeah. Um, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart. You know, um, or if you want to you want to uh, get it directly from me, you go to Anthony Perdue slash Purpose to Power, and I can get the signed copy as well. There you go. Like I, I told you, I was gonna I was gonna mess up with those twelve P's, man. But uh, <laughs> you know, revolutionaries, I wish you well. And again, a shout out to my people uh, in New Orleans who are working through this. You want to talk about what resilience looks like? Look at New Orleanians. Look at New Orleanians. Been through so much and still have the ability to rise up. Make sure you fire or figure out ways to support our beloved New Orleans. I wish you well, and I ask you to be able to answer the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Take care, everyone. I love you. I love you. I love you. Peace. 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 I love you. Peace. I love you. Peace. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Peace. Peace.